Hello, human peoples. You're listening to the podcast network of Gamefully Unemployed. Support us and gain access to great exclusive podcasts like Fox Mulder is a Maniac, Tom and Jeff Watch Batman, Star Trek The Next Futurama, and our latest show, Spiel Boys. Head over to patreon.com slash gamefullyunemployed. We do game streaming, movie nights with our patrons every Friday night, and you can even commission your own podcast about anything you want. Literally anything, within reason, and we have to do it. You are quite frankly out of excuses not to go visit patreon.com slash gamefullyunemployed. That's patreon.com slash G-A-M-E-F-U-L-L-Y unemployed, which is spelled like it sounds. Halbkasten mit Tom Reimann an David Bell. The show where we get hyped about stuff and things. I'm your co-host Tom Ryman. I'm the other one, David Bell, Michael Swain, filling in the silence as I hope I was yeah. supposed to do. Howdy, fellas. You are. Hey, nice. hi. Crushed. Thanks it. for uh, thanks for being on. My pleasure. Uh, so happy to be ha- here. So hypey to be here. Oh, Aww. how are you? How you doing? Hyphy. I think I'm hyphy. That's a thing, right? Sure. It is oh, now. Oh, the yeah. kids are saying hyphy. They're when you're hyphy, the it's saying hyphy. It's when you uh, take both of your parents' last names. Mm, you're, yep. you're hyphy. Never gonna die. Like Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, my partner and I are talking about legally changing our last names when we do have kids because it's dumb either way you go. Like, I don't want to dominate. I don't want to colonize the namespace. They don't want to colonize the namespace. Hyphenating it's like the tragedy of the commons, right? Because then what if my kids hyphenate and what if they hyphenate? We don't need 42 right. names. So um, we're thinking Root because uh, I like trees. They like potatoes and we both like Stephen Root. Right. What do you think? You can say you're related to, to Stephen Root. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the main angle. Trying yeah. to get my kids yeah, to play with Stephen Root's children. Although mm-hmm. we were talking before we rolled about Barry, and Barry's kind of changing my view on Stephen Root. <laughs> He's so good in that. He's show. He's a real son of a bitch in that yeah, show, but it's excellent a re- at it. Yeah, it's uh, it was like seeing Zach Grenier on Devs, where it's just like a performance that totally changes how you think about the actor. Yeah, the quintessential one of that for me is: Have you seen The Way Way Back with Steve Carell? No. No. Oh, it's written by the guy whose name escapes me, but he's the dean on Community. And he also writes screenplays oh, and directs. Uh, Jim Rash? Thank you. It's a great Jim Rash movie, The Way, Way Back. And Steve Carell is a shitty stepdad who's selfish and mean in it. And he nails it. And you're like, wow, I hate you retroactively. Oh, man. And everything you've been in. It's very interesting. He's good in Foxcatcher. Oh, yeah. Great. As John DuPont. Yeah. As the real oh. flesh and blood version of his minions character, essentially. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's, well, he's kind of like the real life Michael Scott <laughs> yeah. in, a, in, a, yes. in a quietly terrifying way. Low yeah. energy, though. Yeah, yeah, lower yeah. Energy. much lower energy, but the same sort of incredibly awkward situations. Anyway. <laughs> Hypecast. Hypecast. We're getting hyped Welcome. about old movies. Movies, shows, yeah. 
cats and dogs living together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, we get hyped about new movies too. We do. Oh, we yeah. do mainly. Yeah, primarily. We get hyped about our the um, primary uh, 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 thrust of this show. It's kind of the implied it, compact you've made with the audience when they click the yeah, link. Yeah, so far true. fulfilled. Yeah, we get hyped about old movies very often as well. We do. Yeah. I feel like because we're we're old. Um, we're old, but we have we have producers. We you do. We should name them. We should name them. We should name these producers and then talk about these trailers and I, then name some more t- producers and do movie news I, and then name some more producers. I do want to say that uh, this is technically the last week where we, we, we can have spooky names and it'll make sense, but I don't give a shit. Let's do spooky names all year yeah. round. Oh, privilege to be here shit. for a spooky, a reading of the spooky names. Especially. Yeah. So we got a lot of messages after the last podcast. <laughs> And uh, I'm just going to say, I'm going to need a bunch of messages again of people reminding me what their original name was so I can change it back. Because I will not do it otherwise. You will be spooky forever. And let's talk, not just spooky, scary. I want to be shitting my pants when I hear these names. I want to be terrified by these names. My blood is curdling from these puns. (laughs) All right. Well, let's start with... A big thank you to the following producers, starting with Driftless, the negotiating Cenobite. Thank, thank you. Thank you to Hombraces Hail Ratma. Hail Ratma. Hail Ratma. Uh, thank you to Heathcliff's Helping Handfuls. Thank you. Thank you to the conveniently placed self-destruct button on the top of every baby's head. Mm, chilling. Uh, thank you to Samuel Beckett's Boo Nuts and Murder Emporium. <laughs> thank you. Uh, thank you to Snapper Car Punches God in the Dick. Thank you. Thank you to At Nerd Numbers. Thank you. Thank you to Mike the Lurker. Already scary. Mm-hmm. Thank you to Dracula, the bus-driving vampire. Toot, toot. Uh, <laughs> thank you to Brockway Loves the Meat Millie. Sure does. Uh, and thank you to David, a knife boot knife on Elm Street, Henson. Sweet. Thank you. Uh, let me jump in here. Thank you to Grumblebee. Thank you. Thank you to Screaming Horse Pyramid. Also terrifying. Thank you. Thank you to Look Mom on a podcast. Thank you. Thank you to Zex Marquise, the Satan Blimp Baron. Thank mm. you. Thank you to Deborah's Awesome, Barbara's Great, and Cancer Can Go to Hell. Thank you. All right. Thank you to Numino Ultra Microscopic Silico Volcano Coniosis Anti Disestablishmentarianism Jones. Thank you. Thank you to Rosemary's Baby from Eraserhead. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. Thank you to Chiz Killy Tits. Thank you. Thank you to these seven bees. Thank you. Already scary. Seven bees. Too many bees. Yeah. It is. Uh, and thank you to Breezy Booezy. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, guys. And also, yes, sir. More like Numana Ultra Microscopic Silico Volcanoconiosis Anti Disestablishment Scarianism, Jones. Am I right? There it Ooh. is. Ooh, you I just wanted right. to take a swing at it. I, I fumbled in the middle of the end, but that's yeah. a fun name. I, I would have it. accepted Bones instead of Jones as well. That, Ooh, that's a good one. It's um, a good one. Boo Mono Ultra Micro. And, yeah, there's a few ways you yeah, could hang that hat. Yeah. And listen, it doesn't have to be Halloween to give us spooky names also. Yeah. Send they us your spooky we'll names. Accept them. You, we, can, yeah. we can spook it up all year round, man. We don't care. We can. We make our own rules uh, here. We are both exactly. master and commander, Dave. Spooks for gold. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Spooks for gold. Yep. <laughs> um, oh, man. Um, all right. Yeah. We got trailers. Trailers. We got the holidays coming, which means we have another holiday trailer, specifically the Guardians of the Galaxy Holiday Special. Uh, mm-hmm. ironically released the day it was also announced that james gunn was now the head of dc films oh yeah <laughs> it's 
it's really funny. They they ask like Kevin Feige, like, what do you what do you think about that? And he's like, yeah, I wish him well. And it's like, what do you think? Is he gonna say burn in hell? Yeah, <laughs> it would be amazing if he did. Yeah, but he's not gonna. <laughs> yeah. Also, they he fired him five years ago. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Do you think no, DC swooped him up? Tremendous animosity even behind closed doors between DC and Marvel people. Because I will say, we worked with. Uh, in pretty in depth with like Pepsi executives at one point for a particular sketch at Cracked, and the stories we heard were very much like, oh yeah, the co- <laughs> the Coke executives like hate the fuck the Pepsi executives, and they like, send each other mean emails and stuff, and they won't drink each other's products and stuff. I wonder if there's any real animosity at that level between because Marvel's just got to be like, I have no reason to sweat would, this. Do whatever you right. want, you, DC. You, right? You think they wouldn't care? You think they'd be like, we all make all the right. money. We all drink. Fellows. I would be. Yeah. I would be surprised, particularly with how many times over at DC that role has changed in the past ten years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, just th- like Warner Brothers been, I think, through two mergers in the past decade. So it's like they keep those those roles yeah. keep changing and anyway yeah like it actually yeah. it makes me sad honestly because remember when like george lucas was like yeah titanic god damn it like there when when what? it used to no. be like <laughs> i don't remember just that. Like that yeah you don't yeah, remember he greased himself up Fuck it. ran into the no, highway there's literally there's the making of um i think the first one he oh keeps yes about titanic. yeah right how yeah. um and there was always they always do that thing where they congratulate each other with like a picture of like jaws eating r2d2 or whatever uh, and, and so like, there's always that public, very public thing. But I think when it was more of like single directors who were in charge of these big franchises, Auteurs, yeah. uh, yeah, they were, they were, it wasn't more personal. I think George Lucas and James Cameron, I think if they saw each other at a party, they like smile and they shake hands, but they're like, God damn you secretly. Oh, I uh, was, I was hoping it would be like a bird seeing its reflection. Yeah. Or it's like a money fight where they just throw money at each other. Each but other. I am, yeah, and see, I almost wonder if they're like, you understand me. You're the only one. Right. They might be pals. It might. It's probably a very friendly competition. I feel sure. like with with Marvel and all these, I feel like it's just so much more corporate that it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, they probably yeah. don't give a shit, right? There's also like actual like violence and death involved in like the Coke and Pepsi rivalry. <laughs> Right, that's true. Yeah, and like so I, I imagine, like industrial espionage is a bigger, like yeah. I also imagine I think, if these entities have existed for hundreds of years, yeah. there's just a lot more bad blood. Yeah, right. When they're like empires, but yeah, yeah it's um, cool to see James Gunn cross over. It feels like he's now the rising star of all comic book discourse, which is like the primary discourse right now. So right. good for him. I think you good could do him. worse. Yeah. Um. Oh, for sure. But what do you guys think about this trailer? I'm actually kind of into it. It looks fun. Uh, yeah. I think it's because it's, there's no stakes here. It's just, fun. yeah, it's just a frivolous little holiday special. They go home to try to get Kevin Bacon as a Christmas present for Peter Quill to cheer him up. That's kidnapping Kevin Bacon kidnapping is a Kevin delightful Bacon. idea. Always a fun I think, romp. I think it depends where they dial in the level of irony for me, which is super tough now because we live in such a postmodern multiverse environment. Like, I mean, I guess the Star Wars special, they knew that they were doing something counter to the franchise, right? Like, I mean, that even right. had its own level of irony or sarcasm. But 
at this point, obviously, obviously, like the people making a Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special live in the history of the Star Wars holiday special and the idea of like people will watch this ironically or knowing that, wow, it's funny that they went that far. They broke the format that much. Or, so, you know what I mean? Imagine it, it. I think my enjoyment will depend largely on how much they adult swim it, how meta it is. Yeah. Um, you could go too far or not far enough in that dimension. Or if it's like an earnest Chris feel good Christmas special, I don't really get a clear picture from this. Uh, so I'm just assuming it's going to be in line with the other guardians of the galaxy stories, which have always been B plus to me. <laughs> like good. Right. Those I'll, are good. I'll be, I, I keep getting bummed out about this. I'll be bummed if they have to like fight someone like a superhero. Like I'll be bummed if they feel the need to that's, make this. A is superhero. it going to be an exactly but, just another installment of guardians though? Yeah. That's a big question. Right. For me. Like if Marvel will, they can't stop being like, well, you better make it that. But I, something tells me it. I mean, I've, I've said this before and been wrong, but something tells me they won't do that. And that it might, I, I assume this is only like an hour long. Like, I don't think this is feature length. I haven't looked that up. I would assume. But I assume, yeah, I assume it's like a fun little thing where it's like it won't play into the canon. Um, you know, like you won't, if you still watch it, you won't be able to follow the third one. Because I think it's just like Star Trek The Voyage Home where they just go to Earth and they do a bunch of fish out of water stuff and a bunch of Earth jokes. You know, Peter Quill will be like, you know, doing a lot of jokes about, you know, having not been there for a while and catching up and trying to figure stuff out. I assume there'll be a lot of that, right? Um, Some kind of mistletoe misunderstanding where he tries to get someone, then he has to explain the tradition to an alien. Yeah. Right. And it's all, it's very, it's like shooting fish in a barrel, I would say, in terms of writing something like this. Like, yeah, just picture Peter Quill trying to explain Santa to Drax. That's an entire scene. That or like funny picture enough. Peter Quill, <laughs> yeah. picture Peter Quill going to like the just modern Earth, being a child of the eighties. Yeah, just being like, what is all this? You know, uh, not understanding like the internet and shit like that. There's just a lot. There's a lot there that they can work with. So I'm hoping it's just a lot of fun. Uh, when they kidnap Kevin Bacon and then accidentally kill him, I'm hoping they accidentally yeah. kill him. <laughs> I gotta, don't think they. They got a weekend at Bernie's him through there. Yeah. <laughs> See, that would be fun. Um, but you br- you reminded me of a question because we were talking about Star Wars Holiday Special. At what point do you, when you like, I think about like when Scooby-Doo would meet celebrities and the, the Star Wars Holiday Special where it was like ironic, but also not quite. It was kind of just of its time. Mm-hmm. At what point doing our, something ironically, do you just do that thing? Right. Um, because Marvel has been doing a lot of these like weird specials and like, um, like trying to branch out and it's just, it's, it's just Disney, right? It's just their Disney characters at this point. They're Mickey mouse. There's no, there's no specific canon to them. Like it's starting to feel like they, yeah, they, they're going to live on forever. Uh, yeah, it does feel like, uh, and stuff comes and goes and comes back. That you're like, man, that's so old. I thought that we were done with it. Or it's interesting to me when like game shows go away, game shows come back, reality goes away, reality comes back. I do feel like we like media is just a giant dune worm getting digested and shat out in the sense yeah. that we process through edgy, like underground indie style alt irony versions of deconstructing everything. 
Uh, and there's people who get stuck in that mode and do that forever. Like since we're comparing holiday specials, um, Scott Ackerman, who does comedy bang, bang, right. He directed the, what is it like the big fat, uh, Valentine's day, Mike Bolton, Michael Bolton special. And it's weird, right? It's doing twists on, as you'd expect from comedians who run in that circle, it's doing like between two ferns style deconstruction of, and deadpan versions of what you'd expect from. Whereas this I'm expecting Marvel, uh, you know, Marvel friendly humor, Disney friendly humor and jokes that might still be meta or in the sense that they recognize the history of holiday specials. But I expect it to be pretty earnest. And uh, I just think that's a thing you get. Holiday specials yeah. are now so ingrained that you get every flavor, whatever media entity you're working with. What do they put out? That's what they're going to put out. It's just going to have right. tinsel on it. Part of me wishes it's completely earnest because it's like I don't need it a meta thing like just yeah like yeah. do it like it's a peanuts holiday special or any other holiday special just do it just do the thing you know yeah uh i wish it had Ernest in it i truly mean that. oh man yeah most movies dig them <laughs> up yeah. most movies would benefit dig from Ernest up. p Worrell. <laughs> it's true yeah um all right well on the subject of marvel we have this uh new trailer for ant-man and the wasp quantum mania boy i just can't this tell any the... of these apart anymore yeah <laughs> this is um they're also small uh, <laughs> yeah they're they're sucked into the the quantum realm sh shrink the quantum Dude. realm which just so happens Man. to look exactly like the thor cosmic i realm. love they're so good at it it's such a mundane magic trick but i love that they went yeah, so there's this universe, you know, Marvel Universe, that we're like, that's awesome. It has, like, action figures in it. And they're like, actually, it's just one of infinite universes. You're like, wow. And there's, like, there's superpowers and mutations and magic and cosmic magic. And you're like, rad, so we're done, right? And they're like, nope, if you shrink, there's dimensions down in there too, bitch. Right. <laughs> yeah. There's just but so what? many realities in yeah. Marvel. <laughs> there is, but a like bouncing off what you said, Tom, so many realities. What are the odds that they all look they the all fucking look same? The same. <laughs> You'd yeah. think they'd have like a creative spark here where they'd be like, we have so many uh, like universes to work with, but they just, they did the safe thing where they saw how well Thor Ragnarok did and they went, okay, everything be like that. And it, it it's really bums me out that it's just, <laughs> we shrunk and look, it's got spaceships. It's and a new it's randomized like, assortment of weirdos that look really cool. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it, it could have done something new. There was that one shot in the trailer where they do show off the weird costume design. And again, it's not to besmirch any of the craftspeople because like objectively the set deck and yeah. the costumes are the highest caliber that there is right now. Uh, but I thought it had. OK, just defending it a little. It had a little bit more of a sinister vibe than the world in Thor Ragnarok. I thought they looked they, a little cinnabite. The, yeah. the trailer is a lot more serious because I think. Uh, I think they're trying to do they're trying to have their cake and eat it, too, which doesn't mean they can't do it, which is that I think Kang is supposed to be the next Thanos. Yeah. So they want it to be serious, but they also want to be like, look at this wild, wacky world. Look, Bill Murray's here. Yeah. Everybody loves Bill Murray. Yeah, Nothing, just shot no, Bill there's, Murray. there's no yeah. news about Bill Murray yeah. coming. There's out, no shelf uh, right life on Bill Murray's popularity. Yeah. And yeah. so I think they're just they're really they're trying to juggle both of those things where they're like, this is the big villain. But also, we're going to have fun. Um, and also, people pointed out, it looks like Shark Boy and Lava Girl. It sure does. <laughs> like, the aesthetic. And, like, 
I know it's a trailer, but I, I would say the CGI isn't great. And I think Marvel is so saturated with CGI now that it, it they're, it's... They're also the it's worst... To, I'm sorry, finish your thought. Oh, I think I was going to say what you're saying, which is they're not great for their artists. They are the worst. They, they go for the yeah, cheapest. They are the worst offenders in that. They they demand overtime and... Uh, oh, what's it called? Uh, crunch, I think. Um, right, and I, I think if you built a practical set and had, they don't even have costumes anymore. You know, like have mm-hmm. you seen the shots of like the Spider Mans pretending to pull down their masks, and it's like you wouldn't even, you don't even give them a mask anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's because there's so much CGI. Like, yeah. if they went, ba- if they dialed it back, then they could actually, like afford to do good cgi right if they were doing less of it i don't know how cgi works yeah. to be honest but i assume less of it means you can spend more money on what cgi you have yeah it's uh, it's they're notorious for having these huge projects with lots of demands and lots of last minute changes and like if you fuck around with their timetable you're like hey look like this is a lot of stuff you're asking to change. And this is just, we don't, I we can't right. turn this around in this time. You get blacklisted. You get blackballed by Marvel. Right. Exactly. So, so it's they're like, just, they're terrible. For the yeah, effects they're, industry. They're getting, yeah. They're not getting people's best work. No, um, that's, that's all what that yeah. said. I've never hated an Ant-Man. They're all pretty fun. And this one looks, it's the same director. It looks wildly different. Um, well, that was and that's, penned I, by Jeff Loveness, who uh, did a couple cracked sketches, which is pretty cool. Oh, oh hey, cool. that's cool. Yeah. What I was going to say is, yeah, I liked the other Ant-Men's as well, but sort of what I liked about them was how smaller the stakes were. Like right. the, this is well, now they've becoming... been shrunk, Tom. I know. I just, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> They're literally small stakes. Because like, like the first one's kind of a heist movie. The second one is... It's, it's like kind of like a family like adventure movie, but it's still like this, the stakes aren't huge. And then in this one, all of a sudden right. it's, uh, you know, like Kang is conceptually one of the. Yeah, it is reaching for same tone as Avengers all of a sudden. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It It's this thing again where they they've been they've been, you know, spinning their wheels being like, we're going to have another Thanos. Mm-hmm. And it seems like they they went on Kang. And it felt like the moment they figured that out, they just were like, okay, next film, we Kang it up. Like, I don't know. I don't know much about Kang. I don't know if he's a shrinking guy, no, well, but it seems like he's in the comics. Is in he the a Ant-Man comics. Bloke? He is. Uh, he's, he's conceptually really cool. He's basically like if a time paradox was a villain. Right. So he'll go back so in he, time and like sound to thunder him different versions of himself all across reality just to. Okay. Yeah. It's, so he can be in this quantum sure, yeah. universe. Yeah. Um but it, it does feel like it's <clears throat> it's uh yeah, it's skating that line. It realizes they have to shit or get off the pot with some sort of next Avengers and so mm-hmm. And maybe it's Ant Man it as a soft pitch, right? Or I don't know. I I wouldn't put it past him that Ant Man is a sub franchise within the Marvel Pantheon that it feels like you could put a Kang forward and be like did that hit yeah. big? Did people like Kang? I, no, no, no. Okay, then we're going to, as a big twist, it's going to be revealed. It's not Kang. It's fucking this dude, you know, if right. they need to. I also, yeah, yeah, yeah. I also have a theory about, I think they're pretty much done with Chris Hemsworth. Like, I think his contract is probably up, right? 
And I, I'm sure they can get him back, you know, with enough money. But mm. I'm also my suspicion is that they're looking at like who's our Tony Stark, and they're realizing like shit, we don't have a Tony Stark. And what I mean by that is like who's our legacy actor that will bring us through? And I'm wondering if they're like, well, Paul Rudd's been here for a while. It's he's his, it's his is turn. Cumberbatch not. But maybe you're talking about on a different level, but I feel like he is no, also I, Tony yeah, Stark I think Cumberbatch in terms of character also, function. I just mean that they're like, I think they're, you know, Black Widow's gone. Um, Captain America's gone. So on. And so like they used to use those movies to set up the big Avengers thing. And now it's like, OK, well, Paul Rudd is going to be more front and center. He might not be the guy. But like, but they it's are trying to, to find like, the guy. That's for sure. Because yeah, yeah, it's like they're finally gonna see. They've been stretching the end out. Is there a second beat of this giant money train that controlled all of media for about a cup for twenty years? Right. Like, is there a second beat of this? Can we make that transition? I think we'll find out in the next few years here. Yeah, and I think they need to. That like they're gonna give the same way they gave Captain America and Iron Man and everybody all these serious arcs. They realize like, oh, we should probably do that with Ant-Man and like get him into a place maybe where there's like an, an arc to complete because he hasn't mm. really had one. Uh, so uh, that's that's my guess. Um, and maybe they'll pull it off or, you know. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe not. Um, Any other thoughts? I'm because this was a problem with Age of Ultron, too. This is just my last thought. We yeah. are. We already know this movie doesn't matter. Like, because we already know this is building towards uh, Avengers, the Kang dynasty, when they will actually deal with Kang. Right. Because they're like, in this so far, they're like, the only villain is Kang. And it's like, ooh, I wonder if they'll beat him. And it's like, yeah. Well, they might delay him, but they're not yeah. They're not it stopping the him when, in this film. Yeah, that's that's the Marvel issue through and through, is that, like, I still Although, remember I, in during the snap, everybody, like, in the audience gasped, and I'm like... Some of these people have like movies lined up yeah. in like a couple of years. What are we upset about here? Yeah. Well, I will say I do want a quick addendum is that I think th this one actually could still matter more, certainly narratively, because it's not a different villain. It's Kang. So it's like, oh, this will give us more like it's at the it, at the very least, it'll be establishing the character and kind of pushing like developing that narrative. Whereas with Ultron, we knew that Ultron was only going to be in that movie. So it was like, well, he doesn't fucking matter. Right. So. Here's some more stuff I, I just want to say. I think King's going to kill someone in this one. Oh, yeah. Michael and I Douglas. I think it's going to create. Yeah. Michael Douglas. Uh, I think it's going to create a revenge arc for Ant-Man. There's also a lot of talk of like Ant-Man's daughter. And there's a lot of like new generation young women Avengers that are coming mm -hmm. that are popping up. Mm -hmm. And so they might be setting up that like a like a teen girl squad, which would be quite mm -hmm. fun. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Sorry. Um, birds, like an answer to the birds of prey. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, something like that. Uh, yeah. And that's neat. So yeah, I do, I, I sort of take back what I said about it being Ultron, because at least this has characters that we know are going to be important. Right. They're Like Michael said, I think they're planting a lot of seeds, and they're seeing which mm -hmm. one grows, uh, which I'd rather them have a plan, but uh, I mean, maybe they do. You want to talk about this next thing? Yeah. The main event, what we're all here to, <laughs> yeah. to talk about? Yes. A Man Called Otto, starring Thomas Hanks. Uh, this is like that Jack Nicholson movie, right? 
with Helen Hunt. Which the one Departed? of them? Yeah, oh, as good as it gets. The Departed. <laughs> as good as it, he's like, ah, I don't care for people. And then someone's like, I'm going to get in that heart of yours. Uh, yeah, that he cold gets heart. a cat and it makes him want to be a better man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he gets a cat and some neighbors. Every line of this that they actually dispensed made me lose further interest in it until it was just like <laughs> through the floor. Because, and this can be done. I love Tom Hanks. I even this like grumpy old men, you know what I mean? That's that's funny yeah, to yeah. me. That movie I works just, on I me. I just rewatched that movie a couple of weeks ago. It, it's pretty sweet. Yeah, totally <laughs> holds up. But and, and I do think Tom Hanks is you know a compatriot or like rises to the level of a uh, uh, Jack Lemmon or Walter Matthau for sure. But every joke in this trailer is just not. It's like a Hallmark card joke, like so inoffensive that it yeah. was nothing to me. I I love Tom Hanks. I didn't buy him as grumpy for a second. No, uh, he's too he's too Tom no, Hanks. <laughs> yeah. And everything he said, it felt like pretending to be grumpy to play like a game with a child, yeah. if that makes sense. He's like, Oh, don't pull my ears. Oh, you pulled my oh, ears. I should like, turn this car around, yeah. you brats. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It felt just very it's again, it's it's Tom Hanks. He's just He's he's too also he's too good. Is he? This is by the director of World War Z, by the way. I just want to throw that one. Incredible. Out. Maybe some zombies will show up. Is yeah. is he wearing a false nose? He might be. It looks like a Gandalf nose. Mm. Yep. Um, he also directed Finding Never- Neverland. If that makes it make more sense. Mm. Uh, he I mean, also directed Quantum of Solace. Sweet tone. Well, now he's yeah. all over the map. Now I don't know. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I had a weird note in this, which was just that there's a cat in this. And, like, every time you hear about cats on sets, they're always difficult. And, like, can you imagine being the trainer, being, like, did you, looking at the cat, like, listen, it's Tom Hanks. Did you... Please. Did you notice something about the cat in this trailer? Oh, is it CGI? It's a digital <laughs> cat. It's a digital cat. <laughs> it wasn't always... not every shot. I'm but pretty sure... <laughs> Like I, that makes so much sense. I'm pretty sure it's digital in each shot. Really? Yeah. All right, I gotta look at the trailer. I'm pretty sure because that would that would make the most sense. Because yeah. otherwise, can you imagine Tom Hanks <laughs> on set having to wait for a cat? Like it's just like, <laughs> and the trainer sitting there like you're fucking embarrassing like me and screaming at Hanks. this cat. Yeah. We gotta He's get like, paid. Yeah. yeah. Tom Hanks is costing us so much fucking money. I'm, uh, yeah, I hope it's a digital cat then. Yeah. And I feel like Tom Hanks I, would, because he has to protect that nice guy persona, he would just be like, no, don't worry. No, it's fine. You know, right. I get it. Whatever you need to do. Then you step away and he just whispers to one of his people. And you're like, oh, we're so fucked. This is so done. Yeah. I'm fired. I'm looking at shots and I do think the cat is digital. You're right. It's very I good heard digital. that they just attached fur to the baby from American Sniper, actually. Right, mm-hmm. right, right, right. Yeah. That's the best just way. Roll that little piece of shit around in there. <laughs> I do think there's some shots. I think the shots, I, I honestly think some of the shots where like the cat's in a box, that's not, that's a non-digital cat because it's like, yeah, you just stick a cat in a box, film it for a half hour and you're good. I don't know. It, but, it looks digital to me, but either way, yeah, I had the same reaction to this trailer where it's just yeah. I like Tom Hanks. I don't dislike this premise as as tropey as it is, but like this trailer is nothing but the tropes. And they're not It's a huge trope. They're yeah. not even they're not and like Michael said, they're not even particularly well executed versions of the tropes. They're mm-hmm. just the thing. Uh so there's like no point in this trailer where I laughed, no point in this trailer where like 
even uh, went, oh, that's interesting. Nothing yeah, like, like I that. don't, <laughs> I just don't, like, I'm sure it's going to be fine. Like, it's Tom Hanks. There's usually a baseline of quality, unless we're talking about that movie, The Circle. Um, right. But, yeah, I just, I can't, like, I'm, I'm never going to watch cute. this. <laughs> the movie is terminally cute. Yeah, I'm, I would you say. know what? I'm not going to say I'm never going to watch it, because this is 100% a movie you go to see with your parents when they're just like, let's go see a movie. And you just want to find exactly. something that's, like, not offensive. They should just say that in the trailer. They should be like, this holiday <laughs> yeah. season, you're going to be seeing movies with your family. And this is a movie you can watch. Yeah. It has no it has no sex in it, no swearing, nothing upsetting. It's Are Tom Hanks in a movie you can see with your parents. Are you allowed to see violent or sexy movies? No, because of circumstances. We've got yeah. you covered. This holiday uh, season, Tom Hanks will babysit your parents for two hours. Two hours pass. <laughs> That's about that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's interesting because The Burbs is cute and quaint and corny. And yet it still has multiple moments where Hanks gets to put in like, I hate to put it this way, but like an SNL style. Like he goes ape shit or like fights with a stuffed cat. I don't know. I just, yeah. uh, from the trailer at least, I don't even think this is going to have that. A thing where Hanks does... <laughs> Anything Tom Hanks used to be, he used to be a lot big. more. Yeah, he used to be a lot more feisty. I don't think Tom zanier. Hanks is a comedic actor yeah. as much anymore. No, it's definitely uh, he definitely started as a comedic actor. Yeah, and he was a lot more, I, I guess, edgy. But like, yeah, he's older. He is old. You know, he, he's doing the old people roles. But it would be fun to see him do like a comedy again. Well, that's I think what, he has it in that's him. That's what this ostensibly is. Yeah, but you know, <laughs> you know what I mean. Yeah. Like a real comedy. Yeah. The Burbs is interesting, um, too, because that's like Joe Dante, so you got sort of that yeah. going for it as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. All right. We can move on. Well, next next trailer is Fleischman is in trouble. Is this a TV series? Yes, what is this? This is a limited series, I believe, on FX. Okay. And it's about life and love and everything. That That... It's that, the great I had American trouble with series. That. Yeah. Yeah. I had trouble with that was because I was like, well, this what is it about? Yeah. Please just tell me if I don't know if I want to watch it. This trailer is confounding. It's got a great cast. It's got um, uh, Jesse Eisenberg, Lizzie Kaplan, Claire Danes, and a fourth person who I'm blanking on. But it's probably very good. Uh, it seems to be about two couples having sort of a midlife crisis. And then Claire Danes, who is Jesse Eisenberg's wife disappears um it seems like that's what this is about but this trailer is confounding they they hide that in there yeah and then they just like keep moving on and a trailer like like, has weird narration that comes in halfway through right from i think that's lizzie kaplan talking um it's like this then she literally says what dave was saying a second ago this is a show about love and life and and regret and friendships and it's it's just listing all these like disparate yeah listing all these disparate (laughs) things like what the fuck is this show there's uh there's a funnel cake in there at one point i think (laughs) you're gonna see a bird it's gonna be um, fucked up it reminds me a little bit of six feet under is just like when you get into it it's just a show about a family right it's it's about kind of everything it goes all over the place there's a lot of stories but I remember when they were first advertising that they were like, oh, it's this guy and his dead dad and he talks to him and like they and it's a funeral home, you know, and they kept it simple. And even though it was clearly about more than that, I kind of need that that from this, which is like, listen, it can be about a lot of things, but just give me like an entry point 
for the yeah. love of God. There's a difference. There's a slight difference, but I do think they're differentiable between a hook and a premise. Um, a lot of times we yeah. use them interchangeably if we're like pitching something because they're kind of the same. But the premise of Six Feet Under, it's a great example, right? Is the vagaries of multiple generations of a family trying to reckon with the fact that we all die someday and they and cor- right. and their coroners. Um, but the hook is guy talks to his dead dad. And um, I got to say, I hope I mean. I hope it gets seen by people or whatever. I also trust Jesse Eisenberg's taste for the most part. He hits with me more than he doesn't hit. So um, yeah, in terms he of does, projects doesn't he, he attaches himself to, he seems thoughtful about that. But uh, I am a sucker for things that are about everything. Like my favorite stuff is like Synecdoche, New York or Serious Man, where like a serious man is about a guy who's trying to find out what it means to be a, a good, upstanding person. You know, like it's Vegas shit. Um, and I love right. stuff like that because I think, it, man, it either it's always the best or the worst. Because if someone steps on stage and tells you now I'm going to tell you about life, cut all the shit. I'm going to tell you, what you actually there's only three things true in this life. And then they say some stupid bullshit. It is so embarrassing. <laughs> like I, So <laughs> yeah. I feel like there's a huge potential for failure. But I don't need a hook. I, I am totally open. It when, when people occasionally come around and pedal. This show's about everything, man. I can't really reduce it because all the truth of life is boiled down into this shit. I'm always like, I'm listening. Go ahead. Right. I'm definitely open to that. For sure. Um, yeah, I don't know much. Uh, the writing credits, it's just someone who wrote a novel. Like, they have the very little writing credits. I was trying to figure out who the hell made this. Um, the directors of four episodes did American Splendor. If that Good gives movie. you... Uh, yeah. yeah. Like that movie. It's a good movie. Yeah, so it's it's not, yeah. It th- this looks like it has potential, but I I get what you're saying. Um, but I do kind of like at, at, at my age now. I'm such a I'm such an auto, you know. I'm such a Tom Hanks auto that I'm like I need I'm gonna need to know more before I commit an hour of my life mm-hmm. to you. Well, I don't even think that it's necessarily that you're such an auto. It's like there is so much TV right now. Yeah, so much. <laughs> apparently oh christian slater's in this i'm in Ooh, okay yeah we got we got the slater yeah also I like the burbs yeah. i think hmm. yeah, he is the and burbs then, in the film he is he plays the he house. plays the suburbs yeah um all right any other thoughts on this can we move on no. to uh yeah we can move on poker poker face this thing snuck up behind me and slapped me in the back of the head this is not the Russell Crowe film we already covered called Poker Face. <laughs> yes. This is apparently a miniseries written and directed by Ryan Johnson. Yeah. Um, yeah. About a detective. Yeah. Corey Feldman. I was confusing Christian Slater with Corey Feldman. Also, the most notable thing to <laughs> me, by the way, I just don't like bad information getting out. Um, Natasha Leone. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Natasha Leone. Holy shit. Yeah. And uh, and what's his name there? Adrian Brody. Yeah. Yeah. And I uh, saw I saw an Adrian Ryan, Brody running around in there. I saw Ryan tweet about this and he phrased it as I mean, obviously he said, go watch it. I'm excited about it. But he basically called it a classic old fashioned case of the week mystery. You know, I love it. There's going to be a mystery Ooh, I, each week. She'll solve it. I'm like, that's, I love it. I love shit like that. That's Ryan, fine. <laughs> yeah, Ryan Johnson's got mystery fever. Yeah. And I, <laughs> I appreciate him. 
Yeah, I appreciate him. He's like, I'm going to make Knives Out, well, and I'll make a second Knives Out. But between that, I'll, I'll make, make another Knives mystery. Out show. <laughs> well, like his, yeah. uh, his breakout movie was Brick. His breakout movie was a noir mystery. Right. Mm-hmm. He loves this shit, yeah. and I'm, I'm happy to see him back at it. This has Nick Nolte, Adrian Brody, Tim Blake Nelson, Ron Perlman, Joseph Gordon-Leverett. Yeah. Uh, fucking, yeah. Because it's, I mean, he did a Star Wars. He can just pick up the phone. He'll get everyone. Natasha yeah. Leone. Mm-hmm. Uh, who's I love she's been killing it lately I still haven't watched Russian Doll but I do like her yeah she's great yeah um yeah it's funny that Joseph Gordon-Levitt shows up in every Ryan Johnson project in some capacity right uh I assume he's the victim in this I don't you briefly see him in the trailer holding his hands up so he's clearly being held at gunpoint (laughs) by someone I'm guessing he's the victim or the killer that they discover in the last episode oh and I also ate was it am I just getting this impression or did you guys also feel like she has the same power as Tim Roth did in that show? Lie to me. It's lie uh, to me. Yeah, yeah. She, yeah. she's a she, human lie detector. She's a human lie detector. She cannot tell what the truth is instinctively. Hence, it's still being a detective show. Uh, it would be yeah. hilarious if she just walked into a room and bingo. But um, I liked, but she yeah, can always re- tell if someone's lying, period, I think is the yeah, premise. they do a. Yeah, they do a very good line, I thought, where she just says, telling if someone like is lying is easy, figuring out why is hard. Why? It's and the I, why. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's uh I don't know. It's I hope I hope this is really good and I hope they make a bunch of them. Yeah. Because uh, I I need this. Yeah. Fucking give me all the procedural mystery shows. I don't care. Give me another murder she wrote. Yeah. Yes. Dig her up. <laughs> Dig, her up. <laughs> Dig her up. Man. Well, here, I, I I'll actually got... say this. Oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry. I, I'm not a huge fan of procedural when there's like a mystery a week because they tend to be bad. Right. right? The mysteries tend to be bad. Yeah, they're not as much fun when it's one a week. Yeah, but a season long mystery. Yeah. Yeah. The, the killing where you do one a season. Yeah. The Twin Peaks of the worlds. Yeah. Uh, we can move on. Uh, the pale blue eye Woo! with Jillian Anderson and some other people. Yeah, Jillian Anderson's here. Well, it's it's uh, Christian Bale in uh, another Jillian Anderson movie by Scott Cooper. Uh, yep, <laughs> another movie about with Edgar Jillian Allan Poe's uh, life in the military and how Timothy he actually Shaw. has to solve or help solve Ed- like a murder. Ed- Edgar Allan Poe and Edgar Allan Poe, of course, as himself. Yeah. Yep. This is so this looks good, first of all. Yeah, it does. Uh it's just very funny to me that this is um what if Ed Allan Poe blank blank blank. By the way, it's Dudley Dursley as Ed yeah, Allan Poe. Yeah, it's Harry Melling. Yeah. Um it's just very funny how there's like there's no quality like it it's it's just funny to me that what if Edgar Allan Poe like solved crimes? is both the sign of like really bad movies and apparently really good ones. If this one is like this, this has a lot of talent behind it. Robert Duvall's in this. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's still like that idea, which is silly to me. Yeah. It's a silly concept. It's he really was in the military. He spent right, two he years in change in the, mis- in the military. No, probably not. He was probably not in the yeah. army's mystery division. <laughs> yeah. It's just really weird. But yeah. It's like if if it, it, it's it's like if um the director of the Revenant did a version of Moonfall. Does that make sense? 
where it like I associate this with like a really cheesy movie plot. Mm-hmm. What if Edgar Allan Poe did mysteries? Right. It's but the this is probably going to be good. Movie. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. It's I usually from the movies of his that I've seen, I like more of Scott Cooper's stuff than I dislike. Um, I still haven't seen Antlers. Um, but it's, oh yeah, I need to see that. There's a fun X Files connection here, Dave, with Gillian Anderson. And if you remember, Scott Cooper played the villain on the episode Rush, the teens that could move You're really right. fast. He's one of the fast moving teens. That's fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he's also in the Spy Who Shagged Me. Um, sure. He's Michael. Any thoughts on this? Wait, Scott Cooper. Yeah. Yeah, he's also a voice in the Mass Effect games, but I don't know why. <laughs> He's he gets around. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he started as an actor, Cooper. but didn't do too much. Yeah, it's um, now that I'm looking I mean, at what he's known it, for, make good movies. Uh, yeah, I like Crazy Heart, Out of the Furnace, and Hostels. I haven't seen Antlers, um, so yeah, now I'm more excited given that it's Scott Cooper. I agree with Dave wholeheartedly that that's almost always a red flag. I mean, he's not fighting vampires or nothing, but if I wonder <laughs> if it's a serial killer or what kind, what's the nature of the mystery he's actually trying to solve, or if they'll do the Shakespeare in love thing where it's like he slowly solves a mystery and you realize, oh, this mystery is an inspiration. That's why he wrote blah, blah, the Raven because of this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. I wonder what games it's going to play or what it's going to get up to. But by and large, for me, this is a wait and see what other people say about it. I'm not inherently interested in this. Yeah. Oh, I'm I'm very interested. I just uh, I, I I'm so curious to see how they'll traverse this. this yeah, premise. it's it seems like such a B movie premise. Yeah, and as it, you, it's based off a novel. Yeah, you said he doesn't fight vampires or nothing, but we don't know that. Yeah, yeah it we could don't be know supernatural. That. There could be vampires. And in that would movie. be in line with Poe. Like it certainly a ghost or a specter could pop up. Sure, yeah. yeah. I, I'm almost sort of ex- I'm sort of expecting something at least vaguely supernatural. If he doesn't nice. have sex with one Annabelle Lee corpse, at least. Right. Yeah. I um Yeah, I don't initially I'm not I don't initially hate ideas like this. Like I know this is not the same as Edgar Allan Poe, but like from hell which was based off a comic that was just like a reimagining of a historical thing, mm. which you could argue is like not cool, but this gave me from hell vibes. Well, it's almost, technically, isn't it basically it, like slash fic? Cause it's like, what if Sherlock yeah. Holmes hunted Jack the Ripper? Well, it's not, yeah. it's not Sherlock Holmes. They do a fictionalized. Oh, okay. Yeah. They do a fictionalized version of the real detective uh, for Jack the Ripper. Yeah. yeah. And the, the per- it, and it's the Hughes brothers, the fucking Hughes brothers did yeah. that film. And it's also it's based on one of the theories uh, on one of the more yeah. supported theories of who Jack the Ripper might have been. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's right. it's not like totally out of the blue, but yeah, I see what you're saying though, Dave. That it is, I, it does feel mainly, like that. Yeah, yeah. And I, the thing that makes me excited for it is I really like that vibe, and I can only describe the vibe as gritty, sleepy, hollow, which is already gritty. Yeah. But you know what I mean? Where it's like, they're like Tim Burton characters, gritty. but like, it's British, gritty. but like cr- yeah. grittier. And I, I like that. Um, I like this Gothic vibe and it's, it's very, like, I kind of want to live in it. It's very snowy. Yeah. yeah. I would, yeah. no, I would say that there is a distinction because I wouldn't really call Sleepy Hollow gritty. It's more like right. Gothic. It's, it's more like Tim a, Burton. yeah, it, it, that one feels like more like a Hamer picture. Right, um, but you know what I'm identifying, where it's like top hats and fancy, oh, and fancy yeah, but outfits. also like gray and, and sad, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, take 
it's like Michael Mann filming a fucking gothic. Yes. Here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love that aesthetic and I, I don't, we don't get it enough. And yeah. I think this might be it. Mm-hmm. This might have that. So I'm into it. Yeah. It's coming to, uh, coming to Netflix. So I don't even got to drive nowhere. Right. Um, on the exact same uh, point, this next trailer is for 1899, mm. which is like is the, the, it's the people who made. One? Yeah. 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 The thing everybody has told me to see dark. Yeah. And I need to see dark. I desperately need to see dark. This is. Uh, and it's from the people who made dark. Yeah. From what I've, I, I believe uh, I, I heard this. Uh, so this might be uh, incorrect, but I, I thought I heard that dark was like an unexpected hit on Netflix. And so they gave these German, uh, filmmakers a, a basically like carte blanche okay make something else that's cool and this is what they made right i believe Shit, that's the I story I, yeah i think i saw some of dark i'm looking at the trailer now I saw. oh yeah i totally started watching dark i need to finish watching dark yeah i'm like anyway. a few episodes in but it is dense and maybe not quite as dense and esoteric as something like primer but it's one of the few things I've watched in a long time that did remind me of Primer. And if you're not familiar cool. with that, it's like it was a movie made. I know you guys are, but listeners movie made by a math professor. And it feels like it like it's still interesting, sure. at least to me, but so complex, almost needlessly technical. And uh, right. so like dark and in this trailer, you can already see there's a lot of systems, a lot of symbols, hidden codes. It's like yeah. true detective kind of. But I feel like. And I haven't seen the end of Dark, so I hope this is true. But it feels like there's even more world building that is actually that actually connects up. Like I think that right. I think the cult is concretely a thing. And um, yeah, it looks really cool. Super dark sci-fi fantasy. I love that yeah. kind of stuff. I love that shot of the woven the like. Um, there's like a whirlpool of waves that are mm-hmm. woven together to form a like eye-shaped tunnel toward a light. I don't know what it is, but it's intriguing. Shit looks cool. Yeah. 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 It's hard to tell. Like the, the poster has a, it's 1899 with a triangle and there's like triangle buttons and they print out these triangles. Stone pyramids. The poster has a triangle, and, yeah. but I have no idea where this could take place. Oh, and then there's it'll no su- way to know. It suddenly cuts to just like an old fashioned pneumatic, like computer server sparking right. with electricity. It, it's interesting. Cause when it starts, I totally thought it was, yeah, originally I thought it was about, or you know, wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald, like a scary boat trip. Then it seems like it's about a mutiny on the boat, and then you realize it's going to be all that plus time travel and probably and time travel and shit. Like, yeah, yeah, which is I awesome. Hope, God, I hope they run into Mulder. And there's a um, mutiny they happening. Which fucking is great. might, Dave. Mulder might drop out of the sky. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. No, it, uh, the, the, I, yeah, I'm into this. The only thing that gives me pause, and this is a personal thing, is it's one of those shows where the entire show stops being a show if they get away. It's a lost. Yeah. And what bugs me about those shows is that it's, it's, you know, you know, every season, it, like, if they try to tease it, it's what, it, what really bugged me with, um, that Adam Scott one that they just did, where they, uh, Severance. Is that what it's called? Severance. Yeah. Yeah, where without spoiling it, they keep teasing this idea of like, maybe they'll get out of this. And it's like, yeah, and then the show will be over. So don't even put that like, why are you making that a plot point? Like, I hate it when they make that a plot point where they're like, we got to get out of here. And it's like, gee, I wonder if they will after season one. And I tell you, my my favorite shows of all time do something consistently, which is they make that big offer 
and then in your face, like in defiance of your expectations, they follow through on it, and the show yeah. changes fundamentally yes. and moves yep. forward. That would be amazing. We that were, would be amazing. We were just talking about a good example. Like I find Barry does this pretty frequently, where they every do a big season offer, so far, and you're yeah. like, that can't happen because the whole show would change, and it does. And it <laughs> that does. Yeah. Happens. Yeah. yeah, that's the like, sign. That's the sign of good writing. The, uh, you know, yeah. when they're not afraid of that. In the good place, uh, and uh, yes, couple. Yeah. So like this, I I was this could change like this it, this season two of this like we've, we've said there, there seems to be so many right. things involved like time travel wormholes season two of this show might not have a boat in it at all right also or they just find a good way to make it inter- interesting because yeah. again i hear dark is really good so i kind of like i i i don't trust them because i don't know them enough but like maybe they are going to be like look they're going to be on this boat but guess what? We're going to keep changing shit up to such an extent mm-hmm. that it'll be interesting. It, hopefully. Again, like I remember getting like I binge watched Lost. and I remember after like season four being like, so do they want to get off the island anymore? <laughs> like it, it becomes a thing. Oh, where they never like, even they, mention they just, it again. Or there's yeah, times where they, they stop. stop trying. They just stop yeah. caring. Yeah. And it's like, isn't shouldn't they be trying to get off the island right now? Isn't it the entire like, can't they build a boat? Like, in this time, they could have built a boat, you know, and, yeah. like, left. Um, it's Hermes this... asking, didn't we used to be a delivery company? Right, exactly. <laughs> or, they, I mean, they do the same joke on The Simpsons, but I'm pretty sure at one episode, Lisa asks Homer, Dad, when are you going to work? Yeah, right? What do you do during like, the day? <laughs> what was the last time you went to work or something like that? They, they make jokes about it all the time. All right. Yeah, so I don't know. I, I'm very curious about this, but that's you know that's going to be I the challenge. But I feel like I haven't earned this. it till I watch Dark. It's like, come on, you know that's good. Eat your vegetables, right? Yeah. I'm also scared of it because Netflix probably has their big eye on Eye of Sauron on it, where they're like, we need six seasons. You know what I mean? Where it's it's always best when Netflix is ignoring the show, uh, and then it and then it does really good stuff. And so I hope they don't have to like tap dance too much, mm-hmm. uh, but we'll see. This is all us putting like our own expectations and fears and doubts on this thing. <laughs> it looks good. The trailer is going to show. Yeah, yeah, that looks great. Yeah, I, I love I love me some haunted old timey ships. Yeah, and, and sci fi fantasy horror. Yes. Oh yeah. Uh, next trailer is for Garcia! Exclamation point. This looks bananas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I I would argue the a great way. Yeah, um, I think this is Spanish, I believe. Yeah, um, and I I love it. Feels like it's taking from a lot of American stuff, like Marvel and and James Bond. Jack well, Reacher. James Bond is an American. Yeah, Jack Reacher, Mission Impossible, and it's just mushing it all together <laughs> and being like, you want something? You want a hot blockbuster? We'll give you a fucking blockbuster. I think this is a TV series, though. I'm mm-hmm. not. Yeah, it's a TV yeah. show about I this. I also love that oh, I'm ahead. not aware, so I don't know his the like uh, context of this character, and I still don't really... It seems like the bad guy was unfrozen or something, but as far as Garcia yeah. himself, they say, I always knew you'd come back, Mr. Garcia, and all I know is that he always wears an identical suit, and he has a bunch of them, and he's a guy that goes around in a suit and he solves very serious problems. But I'm like, is he right. a spy? Is he a soldier? Is he a mutant? He's, no just, he's just Garcia, bro. He like, I think the, he like awakens from some pyramid or something, like a, a special yeah. tomb that they build for him. I think it's gritty Austin Powers. 
It like, kind of looks like it. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's like a James Bond figure who got frozen and now he's trying to get with the time. Because they make jokes about how he doesn't understand that coffees have different kinds of milk now and stuff like yeah. that. Right. Yeah. yeah. He, he was uh, like frozen for 60 years, but he also appears yeah. to have super strength. So I, I, I'll, re- I'll tell you the synopsis. Mm-hmm. A cryogenically frozen super spy from the 60s <laughs> is thrust into modern day Madrid. <laughs> Well, literally, if you change the last word of the sentence, it would be Austin Powers. That's amazing. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I hope I get to see this. I want this inside of me. It's on it. It's coming to HBO Max. So you will be able to see it, Dave. I know it's for me. It's about like, will I have the time? Will I have the time to watch this? Uh, Yeah, it just looks fucking like, I don't know what. Good palate cleanser in between episodes of 1899. I'm just going to I'm going to goober those two together i think yeah why not yeah it looks it looks very tongue-in-cheek like it looks like it's not taking itself super seriously which is nice for sure yeah because i couldn't take like another you know like infinite or you know just like right. another oh, no, no, no. way more along the lines of project. a mid-budget mission impossible show is what it feels like yeah yeah i'm into it yeah all right it earned its exclamation point it did uh, so her <laughs> final one also should have had an exclamation it point. really should have. This is oh, yeah. Plain. I would argue by putting them together on this list, you've risked it stealing Garcia's exclamation point. Right. <laughs> just with osmosis. Yeah. What's, it's just called fucking plain. 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 <laughs> and it's not even like, like, uh, I, we used to meet regularly with a producer who was obsessed with this idea he wanted to get made where someone has to, it's like, get him to the Greek, right? Someone has to wrangle the vice president, but the vice president is a party animal who has all these vices and it's called vice. And if you know, I bring this up because right. this doesn't even try for that level of anything. It's just called no, plane. plane. <laughs> it, yeah. it, it doesn't even seem to take place on a plane. Right. It's, mostly it, the plane it's, crashes. It should be called Island. <laughs> yeah. 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 The plane crashes and that's the inciting incident. <laughs> it crashes yeah. in the jungle. Yeah. And now they're like Gerard Butler. Captain Gerard Butler has to yeah, get his people and Mike to Coulter. Yeah, and Mike Coulter. When I saw Gerard Butler looking looking drunk, dressed <laughs> as a pilot, <laughs> I was just, I was just sighed. I was like, absolutely. You don't not. even. I do you, not believe that. You don't even need that, Dave. You just see when I saw Gerard Butler, yeah. <laughs> so it's understood can that you, he he appears to be drunk. Yeah. Can you imagine getting on a plane and Gerard Butler is <laughs> the, the pilot? pilot. I turn right back around. I'd be like, absolutely not. You'd, you'd, you'd hear me activate like the inflatable slide. I'd be sliding yeah. out of that airplane <laughs> through the emergency Holy door. shit. Yeah, so this is, um... <laughs> Jesus fucking Plane! Christ. Mike Coulter is what did it for me. Like, seeing him, I was like, okay, I can handle this. Um, because... He looks like he's so the I it's a lot of it's a lot of movies too. Yeah. Jerry Butler is a is a um a pilot, mm-hmm. inexplicably. A badass and, pilot. And um Yep, and then they're like, We we have this this criminal we're moving, so he's gonna be on board. Um uh, and he's like, I don't like it, but okay. And that's um that's fucking Mike Coulter, Coulter. Yeah. And then um and then uh, they crash uh, over a war zone. I don't know why they're flying over a war zone. It's a uh, seems like a mistake. Yeah. Seems like a mistake. Yeah. yeah, commercial flight. Yep. They the entire uh, the entire like plane gets kidnapped, 
by generic like South American bad guys. There's no there's no telling. Yeah. Um, Bunch of Garcia. And then he has to team up with the fucking criminal. And I'm like, I'm fucking in because then it becomes it's like the rock. It's like a redemption thing where he's like, what did you do? You know, and you realize, like, I'm sure it's they'll a make crime him he out. didn't they'll commit him- or he seems yeah. like he's innocent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he fights with a fucking sledgehammer badass. at one point, which is awesome. He does. Yeah, yeah that's pretty sweet, honestly. Like, when the, we're, yes. we're laughing, but this movie looks pretty sweet. <laughs> yeah, but I think people can tell what kind of sweet right, well, it exactly looks like. Right, exactly what kind of sweet it looks like. Yeah, uh, This is a face-off. Yeah. This is like, yeah. Yeah. I, I, we're going to have a lot of fun watching this if they made it right. If they made the movie right, mm-hmm. we're going to have a lot of fun. And they're it. aware that they're destined to be heroes, it seems like, is the other thing that really comes through in this trailer. Like, I love that right. he is a pilot of a... Now, I mean, this is admirable, but I don't know many pilots, professional pilots of passenger airlines who would be like, my passengers are missing. He basically says this. Those are my passengers. I'm responsible for them to the degree that, yes, if terrorists take them, I will launch a one or two man campaign of wrath yes. through the jungle to get them back. They're my yep. fucking passengers. Like, yeah, yeah he's he, down. he literally says, yeah, they're my responsibility. And it's like, yeah, as a pilot, as a pilot. Right? <laughs> yeah, but as a yeah. badass renegade, no, no. I guess so. <laughs> Nobody's expecting you to John McClane your way through the jungle. Yeah. But we are glad you're doing I'm it. So yeah, thrilled you're be... doing it. Yeah. There's going to be like a line where they're like, what kind of pilot is this and stuff? Because I assume he's like, right. He'll be like a fucking former Navy SEAL or something that's now flying for United. Yeah, exactly. I, this looks so stupid. Yeah. I can't fucking I, I'm wait I'm so watch excited it. to watch this. Just fucking Mike Coulter swinging that sledgehammer into dudes. Like, mm-hmm. right. I was, I was, I was lukewarm on it until that happened. <laughs> and then well, I was like, was okay. Because <laughs> that's the thing. Mike Coulter, he doesn't need to be in this film. No. Gerard Butler does. Michael doesn't. You would be surprised. And Gerard Butler does very well overseas. They really should have called oh, yeah. this plane down. I would have yeah, loved that. Yeah, honestly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the point being, like, when I first saw it, I was like, what is he doing in this? And then the moment he has the sledgehammer, I'm like, oh, that's what he's doing in this. Like, he clearly, <laughs> someone was like, look, yeah, you're going to be so badass in this. And he's like, I'm in. Yeah. I would, I would agree to be in this movie in a heartbeat. I'm in between this seasons so of good. evil. Give me that yeah. sledgehammer. <laughs> yeah, fuck it. Yeah, hell yeah. This looks so good. Yeah, plane, plane, plane. It's called running plane. Out of names. <laughs> like you're not even trying. I love plane? Yeah, by, by that logic. Lost should be called plane. Alive should yeah. be called plane. <laughs> like I really. Yeah. <laughs> Like we're 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 having fun, but like I really want to convey to the listeners how awful this title is. It's the, it's, it's just the called title. Plane. Yeah. Like what? They so they. My guess is the screenwriter wrote that word, shrugged, hit save, and nobody ever changed it. Like it was just like like what? Yeah, that's fine. What Plane's other fine. title was this better than? Yeah. Like some somebody some string of executives all decided, yes, plain this accurately conveys what this movie is. Yeah. Maybe it was originally titled just Gerard Butler action film number twenty six. Yeah. You know? Drunk pilot. Uh yeah, drunk pilot. <laughs> oh my god. Ugh. I when does this come out? Not when, not soon, soon enough. Not this? soon enough. All right, it looks like expected January 27th of next year. Damn it. Not soon enough. Yeah. Mm. Too long. A fiscal I can't quarter fucking away. Wait. Yeah. Uh that's that's it for trailers. Obviously we saved the best for last. Yeah. Plain. Plain. Um 
Well, let's let's dig into news stories, right? But first, we got some patrons to thank. Yeah, let's do it. Uh, big thank you to Glitterous, CFO of Michael Shannon's Chocolate Factory. Thank you. Thank you to Davey, the ghost of East Logs, Las Vegas, Francis. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you to Oh Great, it's that guy. Thank you so much. Thank you to Chester's Prophet. Thank you. Thank you to Definitely Not Guillermo del Toro. Thank you. Thank you to Brian, who Tom knows. Thank you so much. Thank you to Bob Grenville. Thank you. Thank you to Steven. Thanks. Thank you to Han Toomey, the confused cyborg. Beep boop. Uh, let me take over here. Yeah. Thank you to Asking7. Thank, Thank you to EvilEd209. Thank, Thank you. you to Manischewitz Maltov says, Economic solidarity is the path to paradise, comrades. Thank you. Thank you to Tiger George Pratt Thompson. Raindrops keep falling on my head. Thank you. Thank you to Dan Hackroyd. Thank you. Thank you to Cody Johnston's Time Machine Noise. Thank, Thank you. Thank you to Pete Pagel. Thank you to follow viral TikTok superstar Jason Pargin on TikTok and buy his new book, If This Book Exists, You're in the Wrong Universe. Woo! Thank you. And we have confirmed that this is not Jason. (laughs) Don't make me uh, make up spooky names for you and hack into your accounts and then mail them to my friends Tom and Dave. Mm. Those names weren't spooky enough. There were there was not a high enough ratio of spookiness in those names, in my that's opinion. Fair. That's, that's true. true. That's I true. challenged the listeners to spook it up. The yep, the spook the, it up. the spooky tank was running dry there. Mm-hmm. Um, well, we sort of talked about this already. That James Gunn yep. and Peter <laughs> Sifran. Uh, we don't have to talk about it anymore. I, I I honestly don't think so. There's not much to say about yeah, it. Yeah, we just hit except for like good for them. Yep. Yeah, or like superhero movies are not my favorite thing going on, but. Of the DC movies, James Gunn has consistently made the best ones, so they're putting him in charge. That all checks out. Good. Yeah, Great. I think it's very funny that James Gunn, he he's like the he's like the non toxic Joss Whedon in the in the not in the style, but in the sense that like it's just clear that like when in doubt, they're like ah, just get James Bankable. Gunn. He he knows how to do it. Yeah. Um, and like and like it's very clear what happened at DC. There was there was a falling out. Everything fell apart. Right. And that's part of this next thing is that I guess the new Green Lantern series is being redeveloped. So like clearly they just hit the reset button. They're just like, you know what? I hate all this. Uh, <laughs> let's just get fucking James Gunn to make to, to like. Yeah, it has to, like. Go ahead. It's very funny because we talked about this forever where it was like they need a they need a they need someone in charge. Right. That was the whole problem with DC movies is that. They all feel like they're all over the place. For a while, there was Zack Snyder. Yeah. But then, like, he clearly <laughs> wasn't... They clearly didn't want him to be in charge, you know? He was like, they're, they mm. they probably wanted him to at first, but then they were like, okay. Right. And they never had a singular voice puppet mastering it, you know? Yeah, they never had a Feige. Um, yeah. The, and now they're like, okay, fuck it. I think James a, Gunn. A lot of it has to do with the, the merger and the new boss, you know? Um, yeah, but yeah, it's, it's James Gunn is certainly uh, light years better than putting Zack Snyder in charge of all of your comic book movies. Yes, it's like he was. I'm glad they dodged that bullet. Yeah, he was, you know, a good pick for Watchmen, but probably not for every comic book movie you guys want to make. So yeah, here's what makes me sad about this: we won't get any more is James that- Gunn movies. Exactly. It's it's it was the same sadness when Peter Jackson made Lord of the Rings when I was thinking like, oh, but you'll make horror films again, right, Pete? And then he never did. Uh, or Sam Raimi doing Spider-Man, which luckily he went back to horror. Um, I want James Gunn to do a fucked up weird. I want him to make another trauma film. Fuck it. Like, I wish James Gunn. 
I, I assume this is going to take up all his time, you know? Probably a lot of it, but you never know. Yeah. Um, That's how it goes, right? There like, was... We've all experienced this, where it's... Yeah. You do good enough, you become a manager, and then you, and do then you don't yeah. get to do... Yeah. You stop doing things. Yeah. I kind of feel like I'm in that position right now. Um, yeah. But uh, there was an interesting story, I think last week, uh, uh, with an interview with Kevin Smith, where somebody whichever outlet it was asked him about doing a Marvel movie. And he's like, Oh no way. I would never do that. And he, they, the response that got all the headlines was he said, the fandom's a little too treacherous for me. I don't want to wade into that. But the thing that I thought was more notable that I wish would have been the things that got the headline that got all the headlines was like immediately after that, he sort of like, he kept talking about it. He's like, besides they have a million people making those movies. Uh, like everybody's making Marvel movies right now. Nobody's making like if if I'm not making Kevin Smith movies, nobody's going to make Kevin Smith movies. Like so, exactly. I, I want to make Kevin yeah. Smith movies, so I'm going to do that. It's like I feel like that gets lost a lot now. When it's like the past ten years, we've sort of pushed fandom to be totally just surrounding the the these huge huge franchises, and everybody's like, oh. It's, the it was so great to see um, Diego Luna and uh, Gal Garcia Bernal in in uh, MCU and and Star Wars properties now isn't that great? It's like well, yeah, I mean I'm, it's it's it is good, but I also like the because those guys were like known for doing these like serious indie dramas and stuff. So it's like well maybe right. kind of would like them to see to see them do more of those movies too. But uh, yeah, anyway, it used to be I remember when Raimi got Spider Man. And I remember being excited because I was like, they're going to make Spider-Man Sam Raimi style. And they did. They did. And that used to be what the excitement was, is that the director would bring their their uniqueness to the thing. And now whenever they're like, hey, this hot new director is now doing a Marvel or a Star Wars. Yeah, I just think of this monster swallowing them. Yeah. Where it's like, it's like oh, so they're not going to get to do their thing. And if they love the money too much... We'll never see them again. Or it's, and that's it's, such a bummer. It's not even if they love the money too much. It's in a lot of the these situations, it's like they get signed to like multiple picture contracts. Right. It's like, well, this is all they can do for like the next six years is going to be this. So right. It's, eh. anyway. And it's a bummer. And or I bet really in some is. cases they like the people or find it an easy working environment. Like I bet some Absolutely. of them just enjoy it. Like it's a smooth for operation, sure. yeah. I'm sure, by yeah. this point. Yeah, it's just it's I feel a, uh, always this weird twinge of like, oh, I'm not super in love with that. Because like Dave said, it's it feels more like, you know, 10 years into this uh, Marvel Star Wars juggernaut that Disney has become. It just feels like seeing uh, a, a filmmaker or an actor I like getting swallowed by this monster. And it's like, well, it'll, right, and- it'll probably be, you know, good for them, obviously. And it's great to have get more and more people involved in these huge franchises so that they are more exclusive and more universal for for every, you know, kid around the world who watches it. But it, there's also that that other sort of melancholy tinge to it. Where it's like, oh, well, I'm not going to get to see this person make yeah, right. their no art more that movie made them 43 unique. segments. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. But it, yeah. Anyway. I don't know. It does. It's happening so frequently now that it is like they don't owe me anything. No, but it does make me sad now. It's now making me more and more sad because Mm. it's it's like I don't want just superhero films. And these are directors who started by doing different things, things that were unique and that you hadn't seen before. 
And then they're like, all right, I've done that. I've been rewarded by doing, yeah, the things that you have seen. No, yeah, no, I'm It's the same with Ryan Johnson where it's like, that's why I'm loving that he's doing like, even though I don't, I don't love Knives Out, I'm like, good for you. You know, right. like I'd rather see that than a uh, Brian Johnson Star Wars trilogy, right? It's like exactly. I, I'd, I'd rather see you guys make the movies that made you unique instead of like the Walmart of movies. Yeah. Um. So I don't know. Anyway, it, yeah, it, it's I'm, fine. Again, yeah, it's fine. But <laughs> I'm sure James Gunn will eventually make more weird ass movies. But I mean, he's definitely going to make DC better. Yeah. You know, he's going to improve it. Yeah. But it's just uh yeah um didn't he do belco uh, experiment in the midst of or after he, i think he produced it he, produ oh, he, he, he produced it, it and wrote he produced it and wrote it yeah and he did yeah. guardians of the galaxy before that i'm just saying i don't know don't give up maybe there's a slim chance but you're right it may eventually everyone's schedule gets pulled to the point that it can't be done but I don't right. know, he seems fairly dedicated to being weird or at least like he puts in an effort right. to do and, stuff in between and peacemaker was really good I was about and to not, say, it's really not. Thing. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed yeah, that. Uh, that. To be fair, yeah, to be fair to James Gunn, uh, Peacemaker and Guardians feel like James Gunn things. Mm -hmm. it, he, he, along with Sam Raimi, James Gunn and um, Taika Waititi are the three directors who are the only directors that didn't get swallowed by the monster fully. That like mostly, yeah. but not all the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, where like their style, their writing comes out. Sam Raimi more than anything. Yeah. Sam Raimi more Sam than the Raimi, other two. Yeah, because <laughs> he show he it feels like he shows up. He sack taps Kevin Feige. He's just like, listen, I made you three Spider Mans. I'm gonna do whatever I want, and they're like, yes, you will. And he shows up. He does. He does fucked up shit, and he leaves. Like I, I do enjoy <laughs> that. Raimi seems untouchable. Yeah. In terms of like being assimilated. Um. And yeah, I would say so does James Gunn. He's earned it for them. Uh, speaking of movies. Nailed uh, fucking this bulletproof segue, Dave. Yeah. Tobin Bell's returning for another Saw film. Yeah. He's been dead for 15 years of yeah. Saw movies. <laughs> he's back, baby. I don't know why or how. I, Is it a prequel? I, hope I know they why. Do. Spiral yeah. bombs. That's why. Yeah. Right. Um, I hope they do another. Remember when they put a little backwards hat on him <laughs> for, for one of yeah. the flashback scenes to make him seem younger? <laughs> yeah. I hope so they do good. more he of was, that. He was licking a yeah. big multicolored yeah. lollipop. He's got a giant hat and big bow tie. Come skateboard man. <laughs> God damn. I'm so. Ah, uh, yeah. Get get Tobeth Bell back into Saw movies. Yeah. I I mean I saw or Spiral was one of my biggest letdowns. It wasn't a bad movie. I just expected it was so weird that they just made another Saw movie mm -hmm. that they were like we have Chris Rock and Samuel Jackson and we're we're revitalizing it and then they just made another Saw movie. Mm -hmm. And it was like, "Huh. Yeah. That's weird." <laughs> I thought it was and so I I thought it was a good Saw movie, but it was still a yeah. Saw movie. Yeah. But it was still a Saw movie, yeah. and I thought that was very strange. Yeah, it was like so much people behind it, and then they just made a Saw movie, and I, yeah, it it didn't do well, and so I assume they're just like, yeah, we don't need, we just just keep making Saw movies. Fuck sure, it. who cares? Yeah. Um. Did I t type equals p p p p p p in the hypecast doc? I uh -huh. thought you did. Okay, so it was actually my cat. I'm just throwing that out <laughs> okay. there. Sure. For people listening, there's a doc. I think it my might cat. need to pee. I, it's trying to communicate. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. 
Anywho. The cat learned uh, language, Dave. Cat equals peep, 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 peep. (laughs) (laughs) Any other thoughts on Saw? No, no, I mean, I if it, I think it probably represents a refocusing on its brands only have two moves. It's a total departure or we're focusing on the roots of the franchise. And it feels like they're going, they're going through a focusing on the roots of the franchise phase. And I'm all for that when it comes to saw, that's fine. Right. I don't see it's why just they that, needed to change. It's that thing where it's like, well, that that's the problem is that like, I feel like, when a comedian tells a joke, um, go on, and it gets a lot of laughs. They don't then tell just that joke on stage all over and over again because that was a good joke. Like it's just very funny that the way Hollywood works is they're like, "We made this film, Saw. It did really well. Well, what do we do next? Should we make a new film with those writers and that director?" And they're like, "No, let's just keep making this movie, Saw." Yeah. Like until it doesn't make any money. And that's so funny to me because Saw is not a film that really feels like it should like it, I. It, they do it with horror more than anything, obviously. Right. Where they're like, let's make 20 of these. Oh, and the purge, uh, they have to stretch further and further to justify the premise because there's no reason for it to be so right. long. Yeah. And, and it's very funny to me that that's that's what they decide to do. Um, and I think in the back of everybody's heads, we know, like, listen, if they're all crap, we still have the first one. and We love it. Um, but it, it, it's just weird that that's the instinct. And Saw is that, too, where it's like, I don't know. Have you tried not making a Saw film? Uh, you know, taking all that money and effort and, like, putting it towards a not Saw film? Get Tobin Bell to be in another movie that's not Saw. I don't know. I know it doesn't work that way, but it's weird. Yeah. It's weird. It is a little weird. Yeah. Uh, all right. You want to thank some more patrons? I would love to thank some more patrons, Dave. All right. All right. Calm down, Tom. <laughs> listen, take it easy, listen. Tom. You're really coming in. <laughs> Name high, those patrons. Jesus. This right. instant. Big, big thank you to Del Griffith, the shower curtain fellow. Thank you. Thank you to the Midnight Spookum. What Spookums at Midnight? Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. <laughs> thank you to Exploding Rooms. Thank you. Thank you to Andrew, the proud Satanist. Hell. Hail Satan. Thank you to Vincent. Thank you. Thank you to Rev MD. Thank you. Thank you to Bootler Bootleson. Thank you so much. Thank you to Tux. Tux. Thank you to Ricky Cilantro. Thank you. Thank you to Norm from Cheers. Thank you to No One Can Hear You Scream in Space McNulty. Thank you. This is a pretty good one. Uh, All right, let me jump in here. Thank you to your mom. Thank you. Thank you to Nolan. To be star, Harold Mayton recommends 1989's Haunted Lawnmower Jaws ripoff Blades. Thank you. Thank you to Andrew. Michael Swain deserves more spooks. McGuire. <gasps> Thank you. Thank you to AJ. Thank you. Thank you to the things. Tip Drizzle. Ew. Ew. Thank yeah. you. Thank you to Into the Burrito Mouth of Madness. Mm. Thank you. Thank you to the ghost of Dave Thomas. Thank you. Thank you to Aaron Burser. Thank you. Aaron Booser. It's right there. Anyway. Thank you to Try. Thank you to Christopher Roberts Bartz, Esquire. Thank you. Thank you to Mackenzie. Fuck shuffling with Willem Dafoe's confusingly large dick. Chill. Spooky. Thank you to Funky J. Mostly comes at night. Mostly. <laughs> Mostly comes out at night. Comes that out is at a night. key difference. Ah. Thank you. I just did the line. Uh, thank yeah. you to Pie Guy. Thank you. It's a poison. Thank pie. you. Better. Spooky yeah. factor was a little higher. Good work. I'm glad yeah, yeah, that the, the audience is going was able up. to respond to my note over the course of this episode. Yeah. In real time. Very smart of them. Now, um, Dave. What? Dave, tis the season 
What is this? For uh, uh, movies that deserve more hype. So I have to ask. That's right. Do only, you have only now. a movie that deserves more hype? Only now. This is the only oh. this is the only time of year we do this, as you know. Only time. I do. Once I a do. year. Once Woo. a year. Oh, yes. This movie is called Plane. Uh, it's, <laughs> was, oh, no, okay. no. No, it's not that. It's not Plane. Um, I I legitimately forgot what the movie was, and when I saw the title inside, I got excited again. I'm very excited for this fucking, this terrifying movie. This is called Soft and Quiet. It's coming out soon. It's coming out streaming and limited November 4th. Um, it looks completely fucked. It is a <laughs> first-time feature from a writer-director, this lady who is Asian-American, which it, it plays into the what it's about. Because the movie is about fucking white supremacist women. Uh, it, it's, it's about a group of uh, Nazi ladies who kill two Asian women. Uh, which sounds... You're probably like, well, that doesn't sound very fun. I don't think it's designed to be very fun. Uh, the movie's <laughs> designed to be really fucking intense. It was shot in four days. Um, all in single takes. Four takes that were spliced together. So it's not like Russian arc. It's not one continuous shot, mm -hmm. but it was shot like a play. Basically. Um, it, this director, she like threw something together. It was like pandemic writing. I don't think it's going to have anything to do with the pandemic. Um, but she like, sh she like found locations and wrote a script around the locations. And she saw that video of the woman yelling at the bird watcher. And she's like, yeah, I want to do a movie kind of about that. That isn't that, Karen, remember that Karen horror movie that yeah. nobody saw? Yeah, it, this is like a realer version of it. It's <laughs> they also it's Blumhouse. They also made Amityville Karen Dave. Anyway. Oh yeah, well that I'll watch. Yeah, um, this is at least partially a Blumhouse film. It's clearly not being advertised much. The trailer is fucking intense looking, um, mm -hmm. yeah. and it just looks it looks really bleak. At some points, it intense. just looks like swinging sh camera shots of people screaming at each other. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You like the level of One, intensity. I do not question. I get that. Yeah. Loud and clear. One reviewer said this gave me a panic attack oh boy. <laughs> during the screening. Um, it, it gives me um, green green room vibes where it's just like really good, but also like, I don't want to be here, you know? Yeah. Uh, well, movie length version think? of that video. I hated watching that video. So that's, Hearing it described as that, I get. I feel like I get. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that would mm. suck. I don't want to watch ninety minutes of that video of the horrible lady yelling at the bird watching person. That sucks. All right. Um. There's like a whole, and I do think that's a great hook in terms of. I understand pitching this movie. I understand how you, how you could get people excited about it. I think it's a great idea just on the conceptual level of. A lot of times when you're trying to shop a movie around, right? You ask why now. Um, why is it especially right. relevant now is helpful in getting people convincing people to give over your money or their talent to the project. And man, you can't do much better than going into the room and saying, or telling an actor you want, like, well, you know, those videos that you see on Twitter all the time that are useful to see, but make you feel bad. We're going right. to do a horror movie of that bad feeling. <laughs> like that's very right. effective. Oh, on its, face. it's also, yeah. it should be noted. It takes place in real time. Like mm -hmm. it's, that's why it was shot the way it was shot. So it's not like over several days or something. It's all in a span of a couple hours. Yeah. One of the articles said they even started shooting each day, 30 seconds later to account for the shift in sunset time. And I just have to say as a filmmaker, 
you know, that's that's just flourish like that, that's nothing right. i don't know yeah. maybe i'm wrong but i'd love to have someone explain to me i like no if it was 30 seconds earlier our shot would have been fucked but yeah, whatever we would have missed the magic hour spl- yeah i like it as i think it's because i think it's because they're splicing the the takes together mm, um sure. so like if the if the lighting changed between two shots yeah although interestingly it kind of went the way i think you want it to go because they said like the big bulk of the film is the last day so seems like yeah. they dialed it in and dialed it in and got the final best performance yeah i'm guessing the whole point is that because the whole the name of it soft and quiet they say it in the trailer where it's like clearly these nazi ladies being like we have to be soft and quiet to get our message across the idea that they want to infiltrate with their message mm-hmm. and they know they have to be nice to do it and i think it's about the escalation right uh, the escalation of like white supremacy yeah, and the idea that like, they certainly aren't going to be soft and quiet by the end of this. Uh, they're going to be loud and hard, <laughs> loud and hard, <laughs> loud and turgid. As I yeah. Say, yeah. 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 Yep. Um, yeah. I mean, this trailer uh, looks intense. Um, I'm definitely uh, very intrigued by everything about this that you've just explained um yeah and it comes out soon so i'm i'm gonna check this out yeah yeah i'm into this if you can stomach something like green room because that again the 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 reviewer had a panic attack is also asian american and a woman so she was like you know this uh (laughs) this this really uh this really like aimed itself at me yeah yeah um and also i just basically saying plane so my adrenaline was up Mm -hmm. through the roof yeah yeah (laughs) My but she's basically saying 300 like, times a minute. <laughs> her, she's basically saying she, in her review, she's like, it's very good. If you can watch it, you should watch it. It's understandable that you wouldn't want to watch it. Like that's, that's, yeah. that's more or less what it is. It's, and like, it's like, yeah, it's like me with Aronofsky films. Like that was good. I'm never going to see it again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Don't need to experience that again. Right. Um, but yeah, it's probably less uh, weirdly weird word, but less fun than green room. I would argue Green Room's kind of fun. Yeah, it's a slasher uh, movie. Because like, oh, it's, totally. You know, yeah, and someone, they're like fighting back. If someone told me I watch Green Room a lot as a comfort movie, I would not think that is a thing. But if someone said like, yeah, I watch Mother! Exclamation point a lot as a comfort movie, I'd be like, you're a weird <laughs> motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there is a total difference between them. For yeah. Sure. Yeah. For sure. And this seems um, more yeah, like the it. Aronofsky camp. This is going to be yeah. rough. Yeah. 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 And I just this trailer alone, though, I'm like, I have to see the filmmaking. It looks. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, looks solid. So, yeah, check out the trailer to this. Um, uh, 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 fucking soft and quiet. Check it out. Sweet. Well, guys, that is a sewed. We've done it. Mm. Woo. And it feels so good. Ah, that 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 finished sewed feeling. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Michael, thank you so much for being on the show, man. Oh, my pleasure. I, I really, truly mean that. I would say that yeah. to the president. I'd say that to a dog by some train tracks. Like, I mean that shit. Mm-hmm. Hey, mm-hmm. thank We you. have also been pleasured by you. Great. Indeed. Good. Yeah. Yeah. I, Do you want to <laughs> tell the people something? Yeah, my name's Michael Swaim. I come mostly at night. Fuck, no, wait, that's not it. Uh, <laughs> I uh, help Ron along with Abe Epperson, another podcast network called Small Beans. 
You can find our podcast wherever you find podcasts. We've got a Patreon as well where you can find bonus podcasts or watch movies with us on Monday nights. Um, we're trying to get our own indie movie off the ground right now. You can find out all about that over at patreon.com slash smallbeans or by following me on Twitter. That would be at swame underscore corp, C-O-R-P. That's all the stuff. Woo! Woo! Yeah, thank you for the opportunity. Um, uh, always. Uh, always welcome. Or always pleasure by you, like I said. <laughs> yeah, this um, is almost too professional. It makes it sound like we aren't really friends outside of this. For the record... We're going to go play video games together right after this. So right screw after you, this. listener. Yeah. We're yeah. friends. And uh, listen, we also, we, we, so on our, on the Gamefully Unemployed Patreon, patreon.com slash Gamefully Unemployed, we do some podcasts with the small beans. We do um, Star Trek The Next Futurama and Spiel Boys. So you should check that out. You should check out Tom and Jeff Watch Batman and Fox Mulder is a Maniac. Those are all available for $5 a month. We also watch movies with our patrons every Friday night. We will watch Plane. We absolutely will watch we Plane. We're going to watch Plane, out. yeah. Yep. Uh, so check all that out. Uh, we also have a store. Head over to GameFlanEmployed.com where you can find a link to our Teespring store where we have all cool, all kinds of cool <laughs> original artwork and designs you can get on t-shirts, mugs, stickers, posters, all sorts of things. So check that out. Yes! Slap your soft, quiet peepers on that. Yeah, not your, not your, not your loud, not hard your, peepers. Not your loud, hard peepers. Save those peepers. Yeah. Gross. Stockpile those peepers for the winter. Mm. Um, okay, Delicious. we can be done. We can be done. Okay. Say goodbye, everyone. Sure. Goodbye. Night. So long. Our music is produced by Chris Corlew. You can follow him on Twitter at at the Corlew, C-O-R-L-E-W, and find more music at shipwreckedsailor.bandcamp.com. Our channel artwork is produced by Michael Vincent Bramley. You can find more of his artwork at instagram.com slash mvbramleyart. Our episode artwork is produced by Justin Brown. You can follow him on Twitter at at Justin T. Brown, and find more of his artwork at artnessbyjustinbrown.com and justinbrown.info.